Welcome to the Israel Daily News Podcast. I'm your host, Shanna Fold, and I'm here to get you caught up quickly. I've got some top news stories for you today from Israel, and guess what? You're listening, so you're already on top of your game. Survive and thrive, people. Knowledge is the best weapon. Today is Wednesday, October 12th. 2023 in the Gregorian calendar and the 27th of Tishrei, 5784 in the Hebrew calendar, 5784 and strong. Today is day five of the war with Hamas. And with that being said, now let's get to the news. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and the chairman of the National Unity Party in Israel, Benny Gantz, will now be working together in what is called a unity government. The two reached an agreement to form the emergency government today. That's five days into Hamas's war against the Jewish state. Benny Gantz suggested it just a day after the initial attack, but it took a few days for the other side to clear it. The new government is creating a small war cabinet that will include Netanyahu and Gantz, along with Defense Minister Yoav Gallant, and they are planning to leave a spot open for the leader of the opposition, Yair Lapid, if he decides he would like to enter on behalf of his party, Yesh Atid. Four members of Knesset from the National Unity Party, Gadi Eisenkot, Gideon Sa'ar, Hilly Trooper, and Ifat Sasha Biton will join the war cabinet without having any specific portfolios. Eisenkot was chief of staff between 2015 and 2019. Sa'ar was a previous justice minister. Trooper is a former minister of culture and Sasha Biton serves as the current minister of education. Sasha Biton and Trooper will be observers to the cabinet along with strategic affairs minister Ron Dermer who is American, by the way, and very strong. You should listen to him talk. Five members of Mr. Gantz's National Unity Party will assume ministerial status in the current government without assigned portfolios. And when I say portfolio, I mean a specific indicator as to which section they're in or which field they're in, whether they're education or culture. So they'll be a part of it, but without having a specific department, let's call it. Netanyahu and Gantz made a joint statement expressing that during the war, no bills or government decisions unrelated to the conflict will be pursued. All the senior appointments, including the Bank of Israel governor, will be automatically extended as well. So everyone who was doing their job before will continue to do their job. The existing coalition was welcoming of the unity idea, except for National Security Minister Itamar Ben-Gvir, who initially voiced opposition during the meeting at IDF headquarters. That happened on Tuesday, so that's yesterday. Some hours later, however, he posted on his X account, I still call it Twitter, I don't know about you, congratulations on the unity, now we have to win. And he means win the war. I've been reviewing a lot of media, a lot of photos, a lot of videos. I am following a lot of Palestinian pages. I am seeing what the Palestinians are writing, what their experts are saying. It does not look good there. It does not look good in Gaza. In fact, it looks like I want to cry when I see it. The Israel Air Force is conducting an extensive aerial campaign in Gaza focusing on targeting Hamas officials. 
Gaza's sole power plant is shutting down due to a fuel shortage. The reason there's a fuel shortage is because Israel has officially cut off the supply. The conflict now is in its fifth day. It has resulted in significant casualties with civilians bearing the brunt of it on both sides in Israel and in Gaza. This has been a very civilian heavy fight. The IDF is concentrating on hitting Hamas leadership and fighters and doing so with a large scale airstrike. There is a halt in essential supplies entering Gaza, which is affecting their 2.3 million people that live in the enclave. Israel is mobilizing a large number of reservists and a ground offensive into Gaza seems likely, according to experts. Prime Minister Netanyahu vows that every Hamas member is a dead man. They are hiding in tunnels, they are underground, they are under schools, they are under hospitals. They are obviously making it very hard for Israeli officers to get them. Air Force jets conducted strikes on more than 70 Hamas targets in the district of Gaza City, along with a military facility operated by the Palestinian Islamic Jihad, another terror organization. This area was described as a primary operational base for Hamas, where it planned and executed actions against Israel. The military targeted more than 80 sites in Beit Hanun, located in the northern part of the Gaza Strip, and that was on Wednesday morning, so today in the morning. Numerous fighter jets were deployed in this operation, hitting various key installations, like two Hamas-utilized bank branches, an underground tunnel, and multiple war rooms. Prime Minister Netanyahu says wherever Hamas operates, quote, we will turn into a city of ruins. The IDF also announced it struck the home of Hamas's military wing spokesperson, Abu Obeidah, in the Gaza Strip. Avichai Adrey, the IDF's Arabic language spokesperson, says in a post that Abu Obeidah was actively involved in directing acts of terrorism against the state of Israel. During the airstrikes, the IDF damaged three water and sanitation sites, which have in turn cut off services to some 400,000 people. That's according to the United Nations. In the late afternoon today, early evening, the country went into a panic, myself included, over what was billed as a large-scale hostile drone invasion from Lebanon in North Israel, but it was a false alarm. Air raid sirens sounded, leading millions to seek shelter in Israel's north, but it was later confirmed that it was actually a mistake by the IDF. The incident prompted calls for residents to follow safety guidelines. People left their homes. They evacuated. In a separate incident, however, there was a situation that did happen, including Hezbollah's launch of an anti-tank missile at an Israeli army post in the north. That's what I was looking for. Concerns are still growing that Hezbollah could escalate the conflict. Hezbollah is a terror organization funded by Iran, if you didn't know. It operates mostly out of Lebanon, but it also operates out of Syria, and it gets funding and resources from Iran, so occasionally Hezbollah operatives go on over to Iran and get training. The BBC, which usually a lot of people in the Jewish community complain about the BBC and that it is very anti-Semitic. However, the BBC did have a very compelling story on their site today about a reporter's firsthand experience in the kibbutz areas in which he saw people that had been butchered by Hamas on Saturday morning. Now, if you're not aware, there are still bodies in the area. 
it's still being cleaned up. There are more than a thousand Israelis dead. It's going to take a while for that to be for that to be rectified. Kibbutz Kfar Aza near the Gaza border gives a very grim picture of the ongoing conflict. Israeli forces are now recovering bodies of residents who had been attacked. Some are in their beds. Some are laid out on their lawns. And some have been decapitated. Soldiers describe the horrifying scene of families, including babies, who were targeted without mercy. The soldiers are tasked with picking up the human remains. One of the soldiers says it has that this experience has strengthened his resolve to fight. Another says he is ready to enter Gaza by foot. I just think that that is very serious. And I just want to put things into perspective for you because I think a lot of us grow past the age of being 18 and we forget these soldiers... So many of them are 18, 19, 20 years old. The soldiers that are talking about walking themselves into Gaza, the reason that they can say it like that is because they're 18 or 19 years old. I, I highly doubt that you would find somebody who says that they, are, that, that they feel ready for that in an older age bracket. That's just my personal Thought. A workforce of just 100 is grappling with the heart-wrenching task of processing, processing over a thousand bodies at the IDF rabbinate facilities in Camp Shoura near Ramle, which is a city in, the, in central Israel. These dedicated individuals are striving to facilitate the identification process for grieving families who have been impacted by the recent violence near the Gaza Strip. However, However, the sheer volume of bodily remains has been a significant challenge. Reports suggest that bodies have been mixed up during the transition from trucks to containers. Distressed relatives are urgently calling for a more streamlined process, emphasizing the emotional toll that this is taking and inflicting on all of the relatives. There is a growing plea for additional resources to hasten the identification and offer the solace to the 1,000 families. And when we say families, I mean, there are endless. This is, it's exponential. You have 1,000 individuals that need to be identified, and each of them have families, and each of them are waiting for this identification. Now I'm going to give over an update for U.S.-Israel relations. Most people are giving President Joe Biden's speech last night a big thumbs up, while some Jews say that they like his talk, but they are waiting to see some action. So I'm going to tell you what actions are currently happening from the U.S. government to Israel. National Security Council spokesperson John Kirby, who is just excellent. I don't know if you've been seeing him interviewed everywhere. John Kirby, somebody's got to give this guy a big round of applause for the work that he's doing. Really, really, really unbelievable. If you haven't seen him, you must. Uh, he confirms the USS Dwight D. Eisenhower Carrier Strike Group will be headed to the Mediterranean, but he says that it will not join the USS Gerald R. Ford Strike Group as a second strike group, but it will be available in the area if needed. Okay, so this is offshore. These are you. This is a U.S. operation offshore but one of those carriers are coming closer to israel the u.s state department says there are 22 american citizens who were killed in the hamas pogrom 
Video was posted tonight on Al Jazeera's website showing what looks like a woman being released to her child. The article, and everybody says that there are two children in the video, but when I look at it, it seems like it's just one. Um, the article says that Hamas released the woman and two children who had been held hostage. However, it's important to know that this footage has not been verified, and many people are skeptical about its authenticity. Nevertheless, it's sweeping the internet, and people are commenting either that this is a, a real image of Hamas releasing this woman to her with her children and some people are saying that it's not a verified clip that some people say that this is an old clip that's been put out into the public that people don't remember having been published in the past and some people say that this happened on Saturday evening and that it didn't happen yesterday so we will be following that story as of now Israeli authorities have not issued a statement about this clip and we'll keep monitoring it for you. I did have some comments from listeners asking me to address something, and a lot of people are disturbed about this. The Black Lives Matter memo that came out in support of Hamas. It comes from the Chicago branch and has generated controversy by posting and subsequently deleting an image showing a paraglider with the Palestinian flag accompanied by the words, I stand with Palestine. The activist group followed up, asserting they aren't proud of the initial post, but maintain their support for Palestine. This move has really stirred people up, with many questioning the group's stance, especially in light of the violence that's going on here. The paraglider, the image of the paraglider in the poster, mimics the paragliders that Hamas used in order to enter Israel and subsequently brutally, inhumanely, awfully, disturbingly murder and reportedly rape women and children on the other side of the border, meaning on our side of the border in Israel. So having the image of the paraglider right in the center of this memo, I think we all know what it was trying to say despite it was taken down shortly after and that is just horrendous. And a lot of people did contact me and say, you know, the Jewish people have always been staunch supporters of the black community. And many were really hurt, especially in the United States, to see this. I want to thank all of you for your support, for your interest in Israeli politics. Israeli politics are world politics. I also want to thank all of you who personally finance and fund the Israel Daily News podcast with monthly contributions. You can support us at anchor.fm backslash Israel Daily News. You can contribute whatever feels good to you. I want to do some thank yous. Thank you to Elizabeth. Now, whoever you are, Elizabeth, I see your financial support to the Israel Daily News podcast. I am not sure which Elizabeth you are because I have multiple emails from Elizabeth's in my inbox and multiple donations from Elizabeth's at the GoFundMe page. So if you are listening to this, please do identify yourself. And I also want to thank Kyoko. Please send me a note so that I can send you a thank you note. And I also want to give a very special thank you to a very special woman. Her name is Marianne Vollinger, and she has been with me every step of the way in my rise as an independent journalism. It's not easy to be independent, and you got to work on it every single day. Your support, all of you, even the listeners right now, are what helps me continue down this road 
of independent journalism. And more than anything, thank you for your kind words. Everybody has been filling up my inbox with kind words. And those words of affirmation get me into this recording chair because it was not easy to get into this recording chair tonight. In fact, usually I record with no makeup. I record without wearing in my pajamas or wear whatever my workout clothes. And I and it, and it takes a lot to get up when you're feeling so sad, when your country has taken such a hit, when you're so down. So thank all of you for your notes of support. And I just also wanted to thank you, all of you who have contributed to the GoFundMe page. You can just type in my name and the words GoFundMe. You'll find it right away. You can also be in touch with me about finding out ways to fund our army and bolster the state of Israel. There are so many places to donate. I'm actually overwhelmed with the number of links in my WhatsApp of people asking me to fund certain troops and certain needs and I just want to share all of them with you so do get in touch you can also support us by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts you can share the show with a friend and three you can follow us on Facebook at israeldaily.news as well as Shanna Fold my name has two n's in it and I'm very sensitive about that you can also find us on Twitter at Israel Podcast And now for a strengthening story, which is out, about a display of extraordinary courage from an older woman named Rachel Adari of Ofakim. She met Hamas terrorists face-to-face when they took her hostage in her own home for 15 hours. During this time, she continued repeatedly offering those terrorists cookies and coffee as she and her husband endured 15 hours of captivity in their house. This act of kindness and this intelligence and this quick thinking eventually bought enough time for her police officer's sons to come to the house and execute a successful rescue operation to get their mother and father out of the house, and it worked. They are alive and well today. She said that she could tell, this woman, Rachel, she said that she could tell that the Hamas terrorists were hungry and angry. And she said that she didn't want angry, hungry Hamas terrorists in her home. And she was fighting tooth and nail to bring the temperature down. The Jerusalem Post has an article, by the way, with a listing of all the known people who died in these last few days. It is very long. But I encourage you to take a look at this list. At least let your eyes scroll over all the individuals who have left our people. I personally looked at this list tomorrow morning. I am going to stand for Shacharit, the morning prayers of the Jewish people. And at a certain point in my prayers, when we talk about health and healing, I'm going to mention all of these people by name. I, I, I recommend at least have your eyes run over them. And as always, I promise to leave you all off with some encouraging words because they are few and far in between in the news. But I first need to remind you of something. We are a collective body. We are genuinely one. It took me many years to get to a place where I believed that we were really all one. Have you ever noticed that when someone's crying in front of you, it's really tough not to cry? Or that when someone that you actually like is laughing in front of you and it's so easy to join them in and laugh? Well, that is because of energy. Don't forget your prayers. 
Don't forget your mind, okay? Even our bodies collect us to connect us together. Everyone, I really need you to be with me on this because a lot of my friends are talking to me and that's the reason that I'm going to share this with you. Please feed yourself. Please drink water. Please sleep. Please pray for peace. It extends beyond you. You are a powerful being. We are all such powerful beings. That's why it's so disturbing that more than 1,000 people from our people are dead because each of them are an entire world. Each of them are an entire power. So don't ever forget that every step that you take in this world affects another person. So do something positive. And, and by the way, doing something positive can mean taking care of yourself and being gentle with yourself. Today, I'm taking care of myself by I didn't put as much effort to be camera ready. That was my version of taking care of myself. I just couldn't do it. I could not do a full face of makeup. I couldn't do a certain outfit. I couldn't do my hair. It was just I, I couldn't do it. I'm very sad. I'm very disturbed. But you have to take care of yourself and be gentle with yourself and give yourself exactly what you need. You need to be gentle with yourself. A lot of my friends are telling me that they don't feel like sleeping. I relate to that. Um, let's all do our best. And one more thing, but this is a huge important thing. I am so, so, so sorry that so many leaders, speakers, representatives, journalists, news anchors are suggesting that this is the end of the state of Israel. Yes, we have to fight. We took a big hit. But I am just so sorry that the prime minister, when talking about creating the unity government, said that the reason he did it is because the fate of the country is at stake. I don't believe in putting such things into words. Don't ever put anything into words that you don't want to see. If you don't want to see it, don't say it. If you don't want to see it, don't imagine it. If you don't want to see that happen, don't even think it. Okay? And I hate that this has become an option for the international community. The international community is discussing, again, our right to exist. The Israel people's, the, is, the Israeli state and the Jewish people's right to exist. This is not a discussion. Every time we get hit, every time we get into a fight, it's the end of our existence. Somebody wrote here in the, somebody wrote in the live, do I think it's possible? No, I don't think it's possible. I don't think it's possible. And that's the whole point. We can't think that it's possible because when we think that it's possible, that it's our demise, it is our demise. That's why we can't have any of our leaders saying this anymore. And I'll be the first to say it. I will be the first to say it. I don't know why I'm the only one that's thinking this or the only one that is talking about this. Let's deal with this war and move on and live in our homeland. End of story. I am not entertaining those questions about where is home. Everyone's asking me, where is home? This is our home. This is my home. Yes, we have to fight for it, but this is not the end of our home. Many peoples have had a fight in the past. Okay, we did not invest all of our lives, our resources, our generations, our generational trauma, our mental sanity, our emotional traumas, our money, our blood, sweat, and tears into making this a democratic beacon 
in the Middle East, out of poor kibbutzim, out of poor conditions, in the desert, where our women were raped by local tribes in the late 1800s, where people walked to from around the world to get to a safe haven, where over and over again, we tried to drive out British imperialists before 1948 until it actually happened, where we have had peace conferences over and over and over again with Palestinians in an effort to make peace with our neighbors. No, we are not going. We did not collectively put this effort in to talk about our demise. So don't even let any leader talk about it. Don't think about it. Don't even go down that road. Do not go down that road. And I will be the first to tell you, and I will say that over and over again, if you all need to hear it. And now we're just going to let it go. <laughs> all right. Well, that is it for today's show. Today is Wednesday, October 12, 2023. Tel Aviv has a low of 21 degrees Celsius and a high of 28 degrees. That's 69 degrees Fahrenheit for the low, going up to 83 degrees for the high. Subscribe to the Israel Daily News podcast on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're hearing it from. We are everywhere. Don't forget to sign up to our Israel Weekly News Wrap. It's a weekly newsletter that's coming out with the top five stories coming out of Israel. And, of course, I always put a personal note from me at the top. You can sign up for that at IsraelDaily.News. A big thank you goes out to our social media director, Michelle Milner. I'm going to send you off with a song called Day and Night. It's a piano piece by Shalom David Crane in Jerusalem. Have a great and productive day.